So uh, this might be a little hard for you to, uh, to believe this, but <clears throat> I haven't always loved Christmas. Um, not, not necessarily Christmas Day, and, and it's not because of my family or the food or the presents. I mean, one year, uh, one year I got everything I asked for on my Christmas list. And, and it was a long list, by the way. Um, my dad went shopping that year, never allowed to go shopping again um, for Christmas. Um, but but still, I I didn't I didn't like Christmas. It, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily Christmas, but it was it was actually going to church on Christmas Eve that I didn't like. Kind of ironic now, um, because I I literally spend all Christmas Eve at church. Uh, but I didn't like Christmas Eve when I was younger in in my teenage years. I, I wouldn't say that my parents forced me to go uh, to church with them, but either I was. I was too young and couldn't stay home by myself or, you know, it's Christmas. I, I don't really want to start a fight on Christmas. So, so I, I went, I went along. Uh, only church service I would go to all year long, year after year. But I, I just didn't like it. Uh, and, and it wasn't because the music was bad. It wasn't because the preaching was, was boring. Okay, sometimes the pastors were a little boring. Um, but, but I didn't like going because... Well, I felt like an imposter. I felt like I didn't belong because I, I didn't really believe all of this church stuff and Christmas stuff. And so I would look around the church on Christmas Eve and I would think, this just isn't for me. This might be for everybody else in the room, but Christmas just isn't really, it's not for me. And so I say that to say, I, I know how easy it is to believe that at Christmas, and, and especially in a place like this, that you have to pretend and hide the fact that you feel like you don't have enough faith, or, or that you're not good enough, or you have too many secrets, or, or that you have too much doubt, or, or that if God really knew who you were and the things that you had done or the things that you had left undone, then Jesus wouldn't be born for you. But for those of you who might feel like that, have that feeling like this, this just isn't for me. It's for everyone else who's gathered here, but it's, it's not really for me. I just want to say I get it. And also I want to say I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here anyways. And I, I mean that sincerely. Welcome. And also, I'm pretty sure that your mama or your spouse or whoever it is that dragged you here is pretty glad that you're here as well, too. And look, I'll let you in on a little secret. I've done enough Christmas Eve services as a pastor to, to have recognized and known this, that, that if you feel like, you know, this, isn't, this really just isn't for me, I'm, I'm just kind of here. If, if you feel like that, I'll let you in on a secret. You're not the only one. <laughs> who feels that way in this room tonight. So, take a breath. It will all be over soon, okay? And so I know, I, I know it's easy to think that, that the Christmas story, it's just, it's not your story. But you know, I also think that, that if there's one thing that the Christmas story tells us, is that it is our story. That Christmas is for everyone. Just, just think of the story itself. I mean, everybody involved in the Christmas story, they, they seem kind of like misfits. They're, they're, a little, they're a little out of place. I mean, this, 
This is the birth of Jesus that we're talking about here. The Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, true God from true God, divinity wrapped in flesh. And yet, the way that all of this goes down, it seems a little underwhelming and a little odd. I mean, God finally shows up unannounced. No, no fanfare, no social media. God shows up pretty much unannounced, only to a select few, to a place that nobody cares about, some backwoods town called Bethlehem, born in a barn, which is the first century equivalent of a parking garage, to a temporary homeless couple, a mom-shamed mom that everybody has been talking about around town, and a foster care dad. And the only people who are invited to this miraculous event of Jesus' birth are some shepherds. Shepherds. Shepherds were an unusual choice for God to send this angelic birth announcement to because shepherds, well, they weren't, they weren't really welcomed anywhere. They were sort of the untouchables of society because whenever you walk around in a field filled with sheep, you have a tendency to step in some things. Um, and I, I got to let you know, um, boots weren't invented yet. So this is all open-toed sandals, if the shepherds even had that, because they were very poor. The shepherds, they smelled like sheep, which is a problem. It's a big problem if you're trying to get invited over to somebody's house for, for dinner. And so the very nature of their jobs made them sort of outcasts from society. Everybody kept them at arm's length. But yet, they were also the essential workers of their day. They, they had this necessary occupation because they were the ones who raised the sheep for the religious sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. And so as long as people sinned and needed to, a sheep to atone for their sins, well, they needed shepherds. It's just that nobody wanted to spend time with them. And yet, God shows up and announces to them <laughs> To this group of people that a king was born, God announces the birth of his son to a group of people who would be the least likely to participate in something as spiritual as this. These angels on the night shift at dispatch, they show up to these shepherds and they tell them two things. First thing is, don't be afraid. Because in the Bible, whenever an angel shows up, people freak out. I don't blame them. Second thing the angel says is, I bring you good news, good news of great joy. And maybe this is just an aside. Maybe, maybe if you've heard the message of Christianity, the, the version of Christianity that you've heard hasn't been good, hasn't been good news, well, maybe, and this isn't your fault, this is the fault of people like me, maybe, maybe you haven't heard the actual story because the actual story of Jesus, it is good news that, that ought to well up inside of us this great joy, good news for, for every person that when we understand and, and we tell this story properly, it should be a source of joy. And so the angels say, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Shepherds, that includes you. You who, for the, the current religious system in Jerusalem, that's not good news for you. 
Because in the current religious system, shepherds, you never really know where you stand with God. Yeah, you raise the, the sheep for the temple sacrifices, but, but you, can't, you can't get close to God because you can't get in the temple doors. You're not allowed in the holy places. People will use you, they'll buy from you, but they won't spend time for you. Shepherds, this, this is good news for you, especially for you, because shepherds, this is now your story. You're, you're part of this. That, that God has come to you. you. You wondered where you stood with God? Here it is. God has come to you, and God is with you. That's the message of Christmas. And so I think those two things that the angel says to them, don't be afraid, and I bring you good news of great joy, that those two things are connected. That, that right now in your situation, in your, in your darkness, and your loneliness, and your uncertainty, in your fear, don't worry. Because a Savior is born to you this day. A, a Savior is, is born for you. And, and you may not know what all of this means. You, you might be afraid and uncertain. You might not know why God is sending you a Savior. But, but these are the two things that you need to hold on to. Don't be afraid. because. Because, because, Emmanuel, God is with you. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. To you, shepherds. Uh, another, another way to put it is, <laughs> this baby is born for you. He was born for you, shepherds. For, for those of you who, who wander, for those who are forgotten, for those who have nothing to their name, for those who are at the bottom of society, for those who struggle, for those who are broken, for those who are forgotten, for those who are addicted and sick and lonely and tired and weary, Jesus has come for them and Jesus has come for you. This is the good news that even in a field filled with sheep, God shows up. God shows up in a messy place. God's glory is revealed in an unpleasant place. God's love comes down in the middle of a dark place filled with sheep. God shows up. That's the good news of Christmas. That God can find us wherever we are. But that's not all. The angel shows up, gives this good news, says, you're, you're going to go and you're going to find a baby wrapped in claws and laying in a manger. And so the shepherds say, well, let's, let's go. <laughs> Let, let's go. Let's go right now and see this thing that has taken place. And so it says, they went with haste, the Bible says. They, they ran urgently. Now, now assuming, assuming um, that they didn't stop to take a shower first, <laughs> assuming that that they didn't get all cleaned up before they went to go see the Savior of the world, <laughs> the, the King of Kings, the, the Lord of Lords, God of all creation. Now remember, they're shepherds <laughs> living in a field filled with sheep. They raised sheep for the temple sacrifices, but they weren't allowed in the temple. They were the lowest of society, kings on top, shepherds at the bottom. And so, so catch this, catch this. If they were going to meet God in the temple, that, 
if that's where Jesus was going to be born. If they were going to meet God in the temple, they would have had to have purified themselves first. And if, if they were going to meet with the king in the king's courts, they would have had to have bathed first. But the angel sends them from the field to the manger. What's in the field? It's okay, y'all can talk in church. What's in the field? Sheep, right? What do you think's in the manger? Sheep. So God sends the shepherds from a field filled with sheep to a manger filled with sheep. And, and so, so what they would have heard about this good news is that no matter how I smell in the field, it won't keep me from seeing the Savior in the manger. That, that I don't need to get all cleaned up before I meet Jesus. I don't need to get all holy before I meet God. I can show up just as I am, smelling like I am, looking like what I've been walking through because this God was born for me and with me, Emmanuel. Man, that's good news. That's good news. But the manger also tells us That God was not only just born to, for, or with. The manger also tells us that God's love is free. And it's freely given for all. this, This is good news for all people. Because you see, if, if Jesus was born in a palace, I would have had a problem with that. Because I would have to be either rich or powerful to go and get him there. If Jesus was born in a temple, I would have had a problem with that. Because I would have to be holy in order to get there to see him. But I'm glad he was born in a manger. Because because anybody can get to the manger. (laughs) You don't have to be rich to get to the manger. You don't have to be powerful to get to the manger. You don't have to have your life put together in order to get to the manger. The grace that God offers us in Jesus is free, and it's free for all and in all. Your Savior is accessible in the lowly manger. Anyone can come to the manger. There's none that are too rich or too poor too broken or too lost, too too freshly bathed, or those who smell like sheep. The religious and the skeptic can get to the manger. It's good news, not just for some people, but for all people. All. And all means all. No asterisks. No no fine print. All. See, the Christmas story, it's your story. Because it's a story of good news, of great joy for all people. And whether, whether you think you are included in that all or not, I got to tell you, you are. And so, you know, I, I didn't like going to Christmas Eve church services growing up. I felt like an imposter, an outsider. But you know, there was one part of the service that, that I did actually kind of enjoy. <laughs> The, the one part where, where I, I didn't feel so alone in a crowded room. There was one part of the worship service that, that I liked. Is that moment when we lit candles. Yeah, that's everybody's favorite part, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah. 
which by the way, that's why we do it at the end of the service. Uh, so, you know, you don't leave after, after we do it immediately. But do you know why? Do you know why we light candles? Well, we, we lit the Christ candle earlier in the service uh, to remember what is said about Jesus, that, that in him was life and this life was the light of all, all people. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it, did not defeat it, did not snuff it or squash it out. As Dr. King has said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. But then, <laughs> shortly after that, after Jesus says, I- I'm the light of the world, he-, he turns to his disciples and he says, you, y'all, you are the light of the world. And so go and let your light shine before others so that when they see your good deeds, the, the good things that you do in this world, when, when, when you act with justice and mercy and walk humbly, when others see that, they may turn and praise your Father who is in heaven. So friends, Christmas, Christmas is a gift. It's such a good gift. But it comes with an expectation. And so if you leave here tonight and, you know, you're, you're greeting me on the way out, I'd love to greet all of you on the way out. But, but if you greet me on the way out and you say, great service, pastor, Merry Christmas, see, see you next year. That's fine. No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But, but there is one thing that you're missing in that. Is it, that you may have missed something about the message of Christmas. There, there's this expectation that this light that you are given, that represents goodness, pure, unconditional love, and forgiveness and grace, this light that you are given, you have a responsibility with that light. You have the responsibility to go and shine it out into the world. That the you, you are supposed to be the instrument, the, the microphone, the loudspeaker that God uses to say, let there be light in the darkness. Here and now, today, through your life. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, For you were once darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. And so listen to this. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. God uses you to take light out into the dark places for for you to shine, to show love, to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly, to do all that is good and right and true. And so I want to invite you, not just to have a great Christmas Eve service, but I want to invite you to receive and to give the light of Christ away. The, The gift of Christmas to each other, and not just tonight, and not just tomorrow, but every day that you would do that. And so we take this light from the Christ candle, 
remembering that this light of Jesus has come to be the light of all people. This light that has the power to overcome and defeat and push back darkness. We share this light together tonight. Everyone is able to receive this light because it's given to you. You didn't earn it. It's a gift. It is God with you. And you are not alone here. And what starts as as just a small flame, as it gets passed around to each other, as it gets passed around the room, this, this small, this quiet thing becomes this collective blazing roar in protest against the darkness. But in order to do that, it has to be received and it has to be given. 